0: You're listening to the Kingdom Project Podcast. I am your host, Marcus Hall. Now, let me refresh your mind. You probably skip the intro if you're a regular listener. Um, Usually, after listening to a podcast a couple of times just do, do, do you know hit those little 15 second skips to get right to the point i understand that i do that even with long intros i those podcasts where people talk for like 15 minutes just about sports and stuff before they get to the stuff it's like what okay i i skip skip it so you are probably skipping ahead let me remind you that part of this podcast in the intro says debunking. And displacing most modern translations. What's that mean? <laughs> right. All right. So I let me take just a second to just sh- to to just share. I'm not going to give away people's names or anything, but some people have been listening. Uh, well, obviously, people are listening, but people getting in contact with me, people that I'm now making friends with, and um they they are taking what i've put forth and laid out on the table if you will and then they've been studying and searching it out for themselves and in doing so they've learned these hermeneutical principles you know of interpretation and they have said you're dismantling a lot of my theology. (laughs) So, and it's not really, maybe not so much that I've been dismantling the majority of their theology, but learning how to read the Bible properly is doing that. All right, I've played a part in it. Okay, I get that. For that, I'm happy and I'm glad because the uh, biblical illiteracy in this country is awful. So modern translations are allegorized, overly spiritualized. They are not only just misinterpreted, but they are twisted. They are shaped and molded to be about you and your problems and all these types of things or whatever, your dreams and your destinies and your uh, big old purpose in this world to do a bunch of stuff or whatever. And it's not, you know, don't get me wrong. There's some stuff, like, for you. I mean, it's all for you. There are some things about you, about our salvation, our becoming new, our being placed in Christ and being all of those sorts of things. Absolutely. You know, but you're not David. You're not Jeremiah. <laughs> you're, you're, you know, you're not these people that are in the Bible. Like, it's not written to you. Okay, so let me just talk about one here. We just want to go ahead and just get right to it. Um, go to John, chapter ten. All right, let's just let's just read. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll just start in seven here. We'll get a little bit just here seven. All right, now. Jesus is t- telling some parables, okay? He just told one, uh, <clears throat> uh, one through six. Now at seven, so Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All right? Uh, all, all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture the thief comes only to steal kill and destroy i came that they may have have life and have it abundantly i am the good shepherd the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep let's just stop right there okay who who is who is the sheep <laughs> not the, you know not the sheep who is the thief who is the thief? It's the devil, right? No, it's not. We misunderstand this. Um, We misinterpret it. The devil is not the one mentioned here that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It's not him. He's nowhere mentioned in the text nor the, the immediate or surrounding context. Okay, so why well uh, maybe i'll get to that at, at the end let's just talk about this here though in particular okay this is jesus's shepherd discourse okay in this he has contrast himself with the thief the thief comes to uh, comes only to steal kill and destroy right all right now if you hear that verse quoted in a sermon there's no doubt or you see how people use it on facebook uh, Whatever the case, it, we're all used to it, all right? We know, we hear it, we would say it ourselves. The thief then is Satan. But that's not what Jesus meant, all right? Now, if I would have started up earlier, uh, instead of seven and just started at one, and give you even more context, you would see that, And then read past this all the way to 18, okay? So really it's 1 through 18, all right? 1 through 18 in chapter 10 hangs together as a single discourse, all right? Split up into three connected shepherd parables, all right? So, Um. If we want to understand what Jesus meant by thief, then we need to do what? Look at the context, all right? It's always context, context, context. A text without a context is a con. And uh, I think that's a good good little uh, phrase to live by there, okay? So, Once we look at the whole discourse, it should become clear that the thief does not refer to Satan at all, but here it refers to Jesus's opponents, all right? Um, It's the self-serving leaders, the human leaders of Israel. It's the Pharisees, it's false teachers, okay? So, the entire shepherd discourse is a direct response to the Pharisees. And it's a response to their mistreatment of one of Jesus's sheep, the blind man, in John 9. Okay. Um, it's not really a good natural break between John 9 and 10, actually. Um, it's really improperly placed. It's just not, it's not good there. Okay. So, but. Um, Jesus goes directly from condemning the the Pharisees in John 9:39 and 40 to set to a whole set of parables that contrasted in his own leadership with that of the Pharisees, all right? So let me jump back here to John 9 real fast and let's just look at the end 39 and 40. <clears throat> uh Jesus said, "For judgment I came into this world that those who do not see um, may see, and those who see may become blind. Then it says, Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. And then he goes in to his discourse about, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man's a thief and a robber, all right? So, there's the little setup there. Now, each of the three parables is about a, a contrast between Jesus and these failed leaders, all right? They are... The foolish gatekeepers who could not tell the difference between a thief and a shepherd um, in in 1 through 6 of chapter 10. Then they are the thieves who bring death while Jesus is the sheep foed uh, gate that brings life in 7 through 10. And then they are the hired hands who abandon the sheep at the first sign of danger. While Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep in 11 through 18. All right. So um, and then within within this one, this particular parable, just only one short paragraph. Jesus is clear. All right. That all who came before me are thieves and bandits. And then, you know, dot, dot, dot. The thief comes only to kill, steal and destroy. So, there's no hint here that he has switched topics. There's no hint here that he has just switched talking to a different group of people or changed the subjects of these parables or what's going on. With a, within a single parable, we, we, we need to expect the symbols to stay the same. So, there is absolutely no reason here to think that Jesus has started to just automatically start talking about the devil. Okay, so the overall context context moving from John uh, 9 to 10 down to the discourse and then down to the parable in John 10, 7 through uh, 10 makes it clear that the thief is a reference to the Pharisees, the false teachers. They were hypocrites. They're straight up hypocrites too. So they're false teachers. They're blind guides. They... Uh, they it, they they're just bleh everything they're gross right so now there's there's another another approach <clears throat> in general okay symbols in the new testament they're not new they're not new at all okay jesus and the apostles used existing symbols from the old testament or from within their culture all right so anyone, all of those who wrote all right, the New Testament authors, okay, inspired by the Holy Spirit, yes, look, they they expected everyone to know because you would be fully drenched with the Hebrew scriptures. You would have known. Known it all. So you know the symbols. You know the culture. You know exactly. They're already presuming. You know. So, uh, you have you have to know these things. You have to go back to the old. You have to understand culture, all right? Get a Get a, a background study uh, Bible or a first-century context study Bible to to help you. Okay, so, um, <clears throat> so uh, they they use exi- existing uh, uh, symbols, okay, from the Old Testament and from their culture. Okay, shepherd had been a metaphor for king. Uh, for at least a thousand years before Jesus used the metaphor here so uh, th- th- this is why the crowd soon asked him if he is claiming to be the Messiah all right the expected King this is in 1024 it says so the Jews gathered around him and said to him how long uh, will you keep us in, in suspense if you are the Christ tell us plainly okay so that's that's why Shepherd is sticks out there okay so this line then, of questioning also then confirms that thief does not refer to the devil because thief is not used as a metaphor for the satan or the adversary in the old testament at all or the new testament or any other ancient jewish literature okay uh, thief and bandit are used as metaphors for the leaders of israel in the old testament uh, isaiah 123 jeremiah 2 26 and 7 11 and 23 30 and there's at least 20 other jew uh 20 other ancient jewish documents describing or described the ruling jewish priest as thieves okay so jesus <clears throat> jesus here was intentionally okay on purpose <laughs> and he always is it's it's um it's so, it, it's funny to me uh, and so very interesting, but he's intentionally reusing an existing shepherd parable. Actually, this comes from Ezekiel chapter 34. Now you can read that um, after you listen to this or pause it and listen to it, I, you know, whatever. But in Ezekiel 34, God condemns the failed leaders of Israel who have stolen from who the sheep they've killed them and they cause them to become scattered and god says that he will remove these hired shepherds and replace them with himself and david as shepherds so jesus is doing the same thing in john 10 here he condemns the leaders of israel as thieves and points to himself as the only true shepherd so it's clear that the thief refers to them, okay, not the devil. So why, from earlier, why do so many people and uh, preachers and teachers and sermons today refer to th- this here as Satan, okay? How did the interpretation of, of thief uh, equal Satan, Come about, so it's interesting. It's interesting history on that, and <clears throat> one thing I'm going to say, I'm going to explain the history for you uh, for a m- moment. It, it took a little bit of time, but I found it. I found it um, through some uh, studying and researching. Actually, just looking through on a bunch of stuff. <laughs> That's how I do it. But looking, looking through a bunch of stuff here, I found something at Biola University and. Uh, took some of this information and I'm sharing it with you. Okay, so uh, it's not all me here um, from here on out, but um, this is when sometimes I get a little iffy, okay? Like not just on the tradition of men. Let's just, for one second, I'm gonna say something about if somebody's always talking about giving revelatory information, I don't think anybody's really, nobody's claimed that so much here on this, but revelatory teaching, revelatory preaching, things like that, that means it's new. It means, you know, they're seeing scripture in a new light. Um, it's secondary illumination, really, is is the term uh, I have found for that, which, you know, you want to debate it. It could be debated. It's really no such thing, because really what you're doing is saying, the Holy, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and told me that there's another interpretation to this. Now, some people want to have the, the one practical interpretation and then a spiritual interpretation. Well, it's not not too big of a deal, unless really what that spiritual interpretation is probably more, again, likely to be application or personal application. Um, so it's probably for that individual, okay? Um, beginning of this podcast, um, you know, oh, way a long, uh, over a year ago now, I uh, would say, well, you know, there could be layers and stuff like that. There could be a spiritual aspect. Of course, there's spiritual aspects here, but... The more I've studied, the more I've learned interpretation, and you guys have uh, witnessed that and, and and listened to it, is the more I, um, you know, think one interpretation, many applications um, to, to start suggesting there's layers and it's like an onion and there's more than just, you know, when when someone says layers, they, they most, most likely even think that there's more than Two layers. There could be three. There could be four. The more spiritual you get, the closer to God you get, the more layers or the deeper layers you get to peel back. I would say, no, I, if the scripture has more than one interpretation, then I, I don't know, you know, I don't know about that, but uh um, it, it, it just clearly would not make very much sense to me. So this, uh, of course, we receive illumination from the Holy Spirit. He helps us, okay. But that's helping us gain. Uh, usually, that illumination is 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 gaining us our personal application. Now, sometimes we get the revelator, the revelatory, as a, as as in revelation, on what the text means after you've learned proper hermeneutics. Um, but secondary illumination or revelatory insight eh, I'm just not buying it so beware I would say in my opinion beware of that okay so where did we get this misinterpretation from okay so here here's the the here's the rub on that uh, the church the church fathers all agreed that the thief referred to these leaders of Israel like the Pharisees. Or even failed revolutionary leaders, um, and then we it, there's so many. There's Augustine, uh, Chris, Chrysostom, Clement, Theodore. All these uh, uh, they had this interpretation. None of them ever suggested that Jesus was talking about the devil in John 10. Uh, the commentators of uh, the Reformation era. Um, up through the 19th century, all agreed that the thief referred to the leaders and their false teaching. Uh, if you look, you will not you will not be able to find a single commentary from those centuries that even mentions the interpretation that the thief is the devil. Uh, John Calvin Um, did explain that the thief referred to false teachers. He mentions that Satan is the source of the false teaching, but he does not interpret the thief as Satan. Okay, Now, now these People, obviously, the Pharisees, they were what? You know, you're acting like your father, the devil. Okay, yeah, we can do that. Um, So in the 1800s and the early 1900s, many denominations, they started to produce their Sunday school curriculum, and they also had Bible study newspapers. Um, (laughs) um, So that's interesting. So this this uh, curriculum covered John 10 and they nearly always gave the, the the that traditional interpretation the thief represents the leaders in Israel and this can be applied to the false teachers of their day and it can be applied to false teachers of our day okay so but the interesting change is that it happened sometime in the mid 1800s there were a few devotional books and some Sunday school, uh, new Sunday school curriculum, but it was still a minority. And there's no commentary, no, no commentaries yet that had begun. But just, just a small began to say that the thief referred to Satan. So it would appear then that they picked this interpretation up uh, from Aquinas. Okay. Thomas, I believe it's a Thomas Aquinas his misinterpretation of an obscure 11th century commentary by a dude's name i cannot pronounce i will try to since i do that anyway i'm notorious for that and maybe it makes you laugh i don't know but theo phylact okay of Orid now he claimed that the thief represented revolutionary leaders of israel and the wolf uh, John 10, 12, was the devil. Then he said that the wolf slash Satan was like the thief in certain ways. So in the process of abbreviating that view, uh, Aquinas made it sound like uh, Theophylact taught that the thief was Satan. So finally, the view that the thief was the devil began to appear in a few mainstream commentaries in the early 1900s but by the mid 20th century commentaries again uh, again began to return to the traditional view that the thief referred to false teachers or leaders okay so the actual interpretation that that Jesus was contrasting himself with the failed leaders, and false teachers, it can be seen clearly. It should be seen clearly in the text of John 9 and 10, okay? And it was the standard with some minor variations from the 2nd century until the 19th century, okay? For about one century, some people, including some scholars, thought the thief was Satan. But for the past 60 years, almost all commentaries and scholars of John have held the original interpretation of what we clearly read if you read it in context okay so um maybe m- why do we still do this why do we still say it though you know i why you know maybe maybe sometimes they make the we make the interpretation this is decisions based on oral or World tradition or the misinterpretations that we've grown up with, um, so it can be easy to to fall in, into the temptation to repeat these things, these slogans or interpretations that we have heard our whole life. Obviously, instead of actually studying it out and uh, looking in context and even consulting um, uh, good, careful. Uh, you know ex uh exegesis and biblical scholarship but there you go the thief is the pharisees it's the failed leadership of israel it's the false teachers and so what's the applicability today who kills steals and destroys uh false teachers false doctrine um that's the first thing that kills. Who's behind that? Well, the father of that. Um, uh, you could say Satan then, but I would say sin and selfishness and self-righteousness, uh, self-centeredness. That's what I would say is behind it. That's the motivation to make somebody want to kill, steal, and destroy. You know, what are they going to do? They're going to steal your money and destroy your faith, kill <laughs> kill, kill your, kill your faith, kill your hope. Maybe even uh, hold you up to high measuring standards, and that you'll never obtain to because they, they're they're the ones you must submit to. You're they're the ones you must be uh, for and not against. Things like that, and blah blah blah. I think you guys get the idea. The thief is false teachers. All right, that's another episode. If you have any questions, comments, disagreements, send them my way at the Kingdom Project Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, please share, give a like, give a review, and until next time, be a mustard seed, be eleven. Thank you so much for listening.